You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Perfect 10. I am your host, Michael Cohen. And I, you know, you might be asking yourself a question. You know, it's a Saturday. Uh, how come there's a new episode of Perfect 10? Doesn't Perfect 10 post on Fridays usually? Is this weird? Is it is this the late? Is this a late episode? Um, but you know what? I my guest and I, we were so excited to talk about this. We've been we've been talking about doing this episode. Since we recorded the second episode of Perfect Ten uh, about Transformers, the movie, the soundtrack. Uh, and so, you know, we just couldn't wait anymore. And we wanted to get this out to you guys as soon as possible. So I, without further ado, I'm, I'm going to welcome my guest host for this episode, uh, Tyler James Nickel. How's it going, Tyler? It's going very well. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, yeah, I guess the last time we were talking, it was the Transformers, the movie, the soundtrack, uh, which I was listening to this morning, uh, specifically the cyber, uh, this Cybertronic street, uh, spree version. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, everybody's got to go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's fantastic. I, I, but I, that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're not talking about the Transformers today. No. Today on this episode, we are talking about. Uh, a cinematic masterpiece, um, mm -hmm. the culmination of of years of of uh, superhero storytelling on film, um, and uh, arguably one of the best superhero movies of all time, uh, and that's Spider Man Three. It it right? is without exaggeration probably the superhero movie I have watched the most times. There you go, and like that's, that's if that's. A fact. If that's not a an indicator of quality, I don't know what is. You know, um, well, I, know I mean, I, I mean, maybe maybe writing, um, directing, score. Okay, let me acting. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. You know who decides quality? You know who decides quality on some things? Is the <laughs> is the Academy a decider of quality for you? Like the Academy Awards, Oscar winners? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, in this film, we have Oscar nominee Kirsten Dunst. Oscar nominee Thomas Hayden Church, Oscar nominee Oscar winner J.K. Simmons, Oscar nominee Rosemary Harris, Oscar uh, primetime Emmy Award winner Elizabeth Banks, uh, Oscar winner <laughs> Cliff Robertson, Oscar three four time Oscar nominee Willem Dafoe, uh, daytime Emmy Award winner Topher Grace, and <laughs> Oscar nominee James Franco. So, like, you tell me. That cast, that many artists working together on a project, you're telling me what comes out at the end of that isn't art? So has 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 Toby Maguire? Yeah, I, I didn't. I did you name Toby Maguire as one of those nominees? Is you know, he... I forgot to look up Toby Maguire. What a perfect what what a what an absolute! You forgot to look up the youth pastor. Uh, <laughs> Golden Globes nominee. Golden Globes nominee. There you Kids go. Kids Choice Awards nominee. 
<laughs> and uh, 2003 MTV Movie Award nominee or Movie Award winner for Best Kiss with Kirsten Dunst. So that's that's not there nothing. You go. Uh, I... He also won two awards for this movie, or nominated for two awards for this movie from the there Scream Awards. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, excellent. Um, yeah. yeah, and Teen so... Choice, Teen Choice Awards also swept in a. Spider-Man 3 nominations. Not wins, yeah. nominations. Um, so Spider-Man 3. I, I, mm-hmm. Tyler, why don't you, in Perfect 10 fashion, uh-huh. tell us exactly exactly what is a Spider-Man? All right. Well, a Spider-Man, uh, listen, bud. You know, he's got the radioactive blood, all right? And you might be asking yourself, can he swing from a thread? <laughs> yeah. Just take a look overhead. That's what I will say to you. I'm what a Spider-Man is. Spider-Man has been a classic representation through Marvel comic books by creator Stan Lee and, and several other artists who actually did most of the work. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to be the everyman superhero. Spider-Man, he's got the powers, he's got the responsibilities, but he also has the day-to-day trials and tribulations that the reader of the comic would have. And that's kind of what made him unique as a superhero. If you show Spider-Man to most kids they will be happy that you're giving them that Spider-Man toy or comic or movie. It's just, it's just going to happen. I'm, I'm sure as, as someone who actually has children in their lives, whereas I am just a child inside your kids like Spider-Man. They, they do. In fact, they love Spider-Man. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they love Spider-Man so much that, um, that there are three sp- spiders in a show that, that they quite enjoy being Spider-Man, in this one, they call him Spin, which is Miles Morales, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then Ghost Spider, which is Gwen mm-hmm. Stacy, but mm-hmm. not the Gwen Stacy that we'll be talking about in this film. No, not not Bryce Dallas Howard, who I did not check no. if Bryce Dallas Howard was nominated for any Oscars. I don't <laughs> know. I you know what? I don't think so. <laughs> probably not. Um, no, not so much. No, but a. Twenty one wins and thirty nominations for Bryce Dallas Howard. So you know. Nothing to snuff at there. Uh, But yeah, so Spider-Man 3 is the third in the trilogy of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, which one could argue uh, were as influential towards the current Marvel Universe as any of the actual MCU films, um, and then eventually became part of the MCU films thanks to retroactive canon. But this, this is what we were getting at the time. This is the stuff. 2007, I was looking it up. Do you know the superhero movies that came out in 2007? In 2007. Um, in 2007. So in one more superhero movie. Yeah. I, so we're, I know we're a year after um, X3. Uh-huh. So watching, watching that trilogy really finish off with a bang. Um, I think maybe in the same year as Spider-Man 3, did we get another Fantastic Four film? We did get Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. In, uh, which was played by both uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Doug Jones <laughs> to make that one character happen. Had the fantastic car. I could talk about that movie if we like. I won't, though. <laughs> we also had the film Underdog. The live-action interpretation of Underdog came out. So it wasn't like a dense year for superhero movies, but people were hungry for them. The day of its release in 2007... This film, Spider-Man 3, set the worldwide single-day record for box office at $104 million. Do you know what movie beat that $104 million first, like, 
opening box office. Also, Spider Man like Three. Ne- the next day, it made one hundred and seventeen million dollars. Yeah. I I don't know. I think I think I mean like if we're talking two thousand seven, like the next, I uh, the next year would have been Dark Knight. Yeah, the Dark Knight, right? That's two thousand. Yeah, this, I, listen, I'm not I'm not here to talk about those films. I'm here to talk about Spider Man Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we know. Spider Man Three, <clears throat> number three grossing film the year it came out. If we want to talk about like in quality of films to box office yeah. return, so it made uh, worldwide gross eight hundred and ninety four million dollars, uh, beating out Shrek the Third, the first Transformers, Ratatouille, I Am Legend, the Simpsons movie. Uh, and National Treasure 2, which is also, by the way, a perfect 10. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Um, it lost, of course, to Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean. But what are you going to do? But um, so this film, top to bottom, rewatchable, quotable. If people are referencing a Sam Raimi Spider-Man, it's probably going to be Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Like if you're getting a quote or a meme or a reference, this is the one that stuck with people. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, there's a, there's a, this, this film has a meme for every occasion. Like, if you're eating a piece of pie, this well, ask me how the pie is, Michael. Ask me how how the pie pie? is. So good. Well, how is it? (laughs) It's so good. So good. So every time I say the word "so good," it's that is how I say the word "so good." That is the horniest "so good" in the history of film. (laughs) (laughs) Um. The the special effects on this film, first of all, CG and practical on mm-hmm. Sandman. So practical that Thomas Hayden Church actually punched a real brick at one point in the film. They told him it was going to be a breakaway brick. Uh, the breakaway was three of his fingers. So, like, that is commitment to yeah. the artistry of the film that is Spider-Man 3. Now, I do want to put it out there, just in case people are wondering, uh, this movie is very, very bad. <laughs> just in case just in case like you just, didn't figure it out yeah i got a few minutes into this and i just wanted to clarify that i am aware like my mm-hmm. eyes are connected to parts that that work with stuff and my heart is a human functioning heart with a brain um like i've seen the movie many many times dozens of times it's yeah. very bad but mm-hmm. it's the perfect bad like yeah. it hits that sweet spot of them doing some really cool stuff and you also being able to feel for a fact that everyone making it didn't want to finish this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this, it, I have never they, seen such yeah. a begrudgingly finished film in my it's, life. <laughs> listen, for those who don't know, and this is the thing, I'll, I'll I'll just relay a little bit of my experience at the time, right? I mean, Spider-Man 1. So the first Spider-Man kind of going into it i didn't really like the idea of toby Maguire as peter parker I, I i i've never really enjoyed him except in no way home mm-hmm. um he's, it's just not my cup of tea like like andrew garfield way better tom holland is pitch perfect in my opinion like 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 you know you can take whatever you have to say about like the mcu version of spider-man regardless <clears throat> tom holland's portrayal of peter parker for me is like that's the character like that's him that's the character right uh toby mcguire's kind of take it or leave it i wasn't super psyched about the first movie i was actually kind of grumpy about it when it was originally coming out then i saw it in the theater right i went i wasn't gonna see it opening night my friend josh convinced me to come with him to see it opening night um and so i did and uh 
and and I was really mad about the Green Goblin as well. I was like, he looks like a robot. Why does he look like? I mean, a I'm robot? not like, I'm was, not here to defend the yeah. Power Ranger Goblin costume because we've seen and, the I mean, like now, for what yeah. could have been, and that was amazing. Now we know why, and it's because it was a lot easier to animate the CG shiny robot Green Goblin than yeah, it was yeah. Fabric. Um, but I I walked away from that movie like oh my god that's one of the best movies i've ever seen in my life right let alone not not just comic book movies but like that's just in terms of going to a cinema and having a time yeah that was yeah yes spider-man spider-man he shot the webs out of him and then he and then he did the swinging and he could jump and stick to walls and they made him do the practical catch of all that stuff on a sticky sticky tray and they took like 80 tries to get it right uh yeah i mean like like what a movie right everyone in high school is minimum 25 years old it was a great film (laughs) (laughs) and then spider-man 2 comes out a few years later a couple years later and uh and holy crap spider-man 2 is just like at the time obviously in retrospect we look back at it and it's like you know there's some things but in retrospect dr octopus in spider-man 2 is one of the worst doctors in the history of of (laughs) doctors terrible just hey we're gonna try the first try of this no blast shield no safety protocols everybody just come into my rustic apartment and we're gonna do our best harnessing the power of the sun (laughs) yeah um yeah, just absolutely no, no. You see this chip? I called it the whatsoever. MacGuffin. It's going to come into play in about four <laughs> minutes. Yeah, um, but I, uh, but, but listen, <laughs> those opening credits with the with the Alex Ross art. If that doesn't get you hyped up for a movie, nothing will. Like seriously, Alex Ross art and Danny Elfman music. Very yeah. of note. Both of them not in this film. <laughs> <laughs> if if. If that opening doesn't like like get you welling up with tears, then you need to go directly to the hospital because I think you're dead. I think your heart <laughs> you is check. no longer beating, and you need to you need to immediately go see a a, a cardiac surgeon. A series I think of that you've had a yeah you've had a you've had an infarction of some kind. I uh, and then we get to Spider Man three, and the hype is oh unbelievable right like the hype this is as hyped as anything within the last 10 years of of comic i i don't think i've ever been as excited for a movie as i was for (laughs) spider-man 3 and i can say that (laughs) i can say that because spider-man 3 broke me right i'll never ever be as excited for a film as i was for spider-man 3 because I will never allow myself to be that heartbroken ever again. So, so back in the day for these kinds of films, yeah. Before they figured out that technically speaking, on the West Coast, we could just do like a nine or seven o'clock screening on the Thursday because that still counted as like East Coast midnight release time. Yeah. Um. So there would be the midnight screenings at the Silver City. Um. And I went with a group of friends, and we drove down to a midnight Spider-Man three. Uh, screening and keeping in mind spider-man 3 is let's just double check the runtime on this uh that is 138 minutes uh so it's just over two hours so you're coming out about 2 a.m from spider-man 3 and i will say at the time if you told me hey that's gonna be the comic book movie you watch the most i'd be like to atone for what sin (laughs) what terrible thing shall i do where i am forced to once again watch 
that flaming garbage pile of a film that I yeah. just sat through until two in the morning when I had to drive back and it'd be like, hey, listen, if I fall asleep driving and that's the last thing we saw, we deserve whatever happens next. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 What did you do to upset Zeus so much that that he concocted this punishment for you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So Sam and- Raimi did not want to make this particular. He wanted to make another Spider-Man film. Yeah. He did not want to make yeah. this Spider-Man. And film. that and that's see now in the year of 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 our Lord uh, uh Spider-Man, uh, our Lord Spider-Man 2023. Yeah. I we know so much more about what went into this film. We know um <laughs> we know even even the stuff that went into the second Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire's antics and the mm-hmm. uh, my back and and whatnot. So we we already know going into this movie that Tobey Maguire is a little bit of a diva after having been the Spider-Man in the first film, and he wants more money, more money, more money. Um, and uh, how dare he the... get some of the money off of this movie that only grossed a meager eight hundred million dollars? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but now we also know that yeah, the, like Sam wanted to make Spider-Man three. He wanted to make a third Spider-Man. But um, Venom had nothing to do with it. No, I, Vulture still I, a V villain. Yeah, yeah, it was gonna it was gonna be Sandman and Vulture, right? That was the yeah. I believe they were in talks the with deal. a Ben Kinsley Vulture, and then he when they didn't get it for uh, <laughs> when they were trying to do four, the rumored casting for four was gonna be a John Malkovich Vulture. Um, and man, uh, Ben Kingsley Vulture would have been just. Well, so see, perfect. Sam Raimi understands a thing that stands out still with all of the villains. You want a good yeah. comic book villain, you get a stage actor. Yeah, You yeah, get yeah. someone who's going to be playing to the cheap seats. You got your Defoe's, you got your Molina's. They are not going to leave a, a crumb left on that table of villainy. It is going to just yeah. num, 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 num. It's going to be delicious. And then you get to this movie, he still brings in Thomas Hayden Church, hot off that sideways Oscar stuff. Yeah. Um, and like he's doing a great job. Obviously, there's love for him there. He's trying to get that whole story out, and then he's forced with these other characters. He's like now, bring in Eddie Brock. Bring to me Eric Foreman. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you so, know, hey, hell of a career, Eric Foreman. More than I'm ever gonna do. Great in the uh, Ocean's movies, but in this, oh boy, <laughs> it was a it was a deviation, right? And I think and I think intentionally that Sam wanted to like put his mark on the character of Eddie Brock and was like, look, if we're going to have a foil for Spider-Man, we're not going to go with, uh, uh, cause, cause Eddie was really like, Eddie was a worse version of flash in the comics. Right. Like, in the com- like and also the thing about Eddie is so like, if you looked at Eddie and Peter Parker, Eddie looked like he was already going to be Peter Parker's bully. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was a big exactly. old beefcake of a man who like, yeah. Even with Peter Parker having Spider-Man powers, it still looked like Eddie could get a swing in. Like, yeah, yeah. Might not win the fight, but he's gonna feel it the next morning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, yeah, and and so going with with an alternate uh, version of Peter Parker for the Eddie Brock character was a choice, which it they should have just brought in the animated voice and had Hank Azaria come in. <laughs> he, I believe, he was. I'm gonna double check what I just said. But I think Hank yeah. area was Eddie Brock. It's, I mean, like, listen, it sounds right. It sounds yes, right. He was. It's, it was he the was, 90s. He was Eddie Brock in the Spider-Man yeah. cartoon. Um, I, oh my God. So just, just a quick detour into the Spider-Man cartoon version of that. Uh, we've been so focused um, so far. Yeah. The, uh, the, 
the strict adherence to the red blue lighting on venom so that you always understood to get that flare yeah yeah, you always understood two things about venom that i that that he's spider-man's villain so there's red and blue and also that that there's a duality going on here red being evil and blue being good so he's always fighting with himself star wars because he's an anti-hero yeah exactly Red, Um, red bad blue good yeah and I, uh, I, yeah, they, like they, obviously because it's animation, you create a style guide for a character, and in that style guide for that character is the red blue lighting, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and they and it didn't matter what environment he was in, it didn't matter if it was broad daylight or pitch black, one side was red, one side was blue. You guys, that's how we're gonna do it. That's how we're gonna do it every single time. And if I put Venom, if I were making a Venom film, of which there are two uh also perfect 10 bad movies like this is like a new category of of uh i'm of here to explore like, every perfect 10 terrible thing with you yeah i i because i love both of those movies so much like uh, the first one in particular that first venom movie is just like mm, oh my god it's just like it's a it's just um nom 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 it's particularly so for it's the so fact good. where it's like so we can't even reference spider-man <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> no not even a little like no, right. you can't even yeah hey listen we don't even want a glib sideways reference to a spider in this all right no, but what no. we do want what we do want tom hardy getting in a lobster tank and they got it you know they got they, it, so. I, I believe actually that i i think if i'm to believe some of the other videos i've watched about that might have been an improv yeah it, yeah, that's what I've heard as well. Is that that was like, and it was Tom Hardy's idea uh, that he was he no, wanted. No, I didn't think I was going to circle around to this this early, but I do want to point out yeah. a thing, and it's a thing I missed from back in the day of having some trash comic book movies. A thing that we don't do anymore because they're all focused <laughs> on making good video games. Is that yeah. it used to be a movie came out, you get a video game adaptation of it, and for Spider Man yeah. Three, the video game adaptation dropped same day as film release, which is amazing. And also, they added about eight more villains to that game, including Dr. Michael Morbius in the PlayStation versions. Uh, and um, if memory serves, it is uh, atrocious. Like, if you think the movie is bad, like, if you think, like, like look up some cutscenes for Spider-Man 3, the video game. Uh, again, Spider-Man 2, the movie, phenomenal. The video uh, game quite good. Redefined what, what superhero movies were at the time, right? The video game, likewise, perfect video game. Like Spider-Man 2 on the GameCube and PlayStation 2 was about as good as it got in that If you generation. like saving kids balloons, then I have the best news for oh you about a video game adaptation. Um, but it, like so good, Spider-Man 2 was so good that it took them, what, like 15 years, maybe more to come back and like recapture how good it felt to swing through like to oh swing through sorry that the video game was so good how long one. did it take i'm like there's like four years yeah, yeah. between two and three calm down no, no. <laughs> i'm talking about the new spider-man game right the like, new spider-man took... game is some of the most fun i've had playing a video game yeah um yeah. same with and, the miles and... morales one super excited for the next one coming out all of those are just the only things that are bad about the spider-man game and i'll say this right now again this is the most focused episode of yeah. this ever uh, is on the on the modern Spider-Man game. They're like, hey, you know how you're like swinging through the city and you feel kind of like a god, and this is the most fun you ever had. Have you thought about hiding behind a drink cart and moving really slowly to the next room? <laughs> would that yeah? Would that 
not interrupt the flow of the it's, fun you're having right now, but in fact enhance it. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost misogynistic in the way that it's designed of like, hey, are you having the most fun you've ever had playing a video game? Well, now be a girl. And and you're like, and okay, that I'm, I'm actually Spider-Man fi- 3's portrayal of Mary Jane yeah. Watson. I, it's like, I'm actually fine with that. And then they're like, no, 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 no. Drink. No, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. No, it's real I bad. guess this is less fun. But uh, yeah, hopefully they fix that and we get Gwen Stacy soon in one of them. And then we can die. And then, and then we can spider Gwen around the city. And so, so dear precious listener who has made it this far into this yeah. podcast. First of all, I hope you're having a great day. I hope uh, if you're off on a walk that it's it's very pleasant weather, not even too sunny, overcast. I like it. Um, if you're driving your car right now, uh, please check your mirrors. Just do a quick one. You don't know what's around. Uh, but you might be thinking, what more could you possibly say about this film? And I want to point something out about this film. It is astounding how every single choice was the wrong one <laughs> in yeah. a row. Every yeah. choice. How do we have the Venom symbiote show up? Because in the last film, we did show that we have an astronaut character that went to space and Venom is from space. Should they get involved? Well, we could storyboard it, but we're not going to film it. Rock falls to the ground. Goo goes on to Peter. Done and done. Move along. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Off to a good start. Hey, uh, Mary Jane maybe could have more of a character in this. She could like have a bit more personality. She should be going through her own stuff. No, she should get fired from one job and try to compare that to saving the city and really just not listen to any advice whatsoever. And then, by the way, at the end, get kidnapped. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of choices. Hey, no, no. Harry Osborne's going to take on the mantle of the goblin, so he could be Hobgoblin. We could do our version. We could do a different version of the Green Goblin. No, no, no. Stay with me. You ever played, like, a snowboarding video game? Hmm. All right. Take one of those characters, and here's what you're going to do. Not edit it. But what you are is going to make it float on a sky stick, official name for the device he uses. I know this because there was an action figure that talked that had the following line. I can go anywhere on my sky stick. Goodbye, gravity. Uh, that is in my head for forever. And we are going to have Peter Parker murder him. Because... The way that New Goblin falls, which is, by the way, his canonical name in this, the way that New got bad choice, the way that New Goblin falls <laughs> when Peter Parker clotheslines him five stories in the air in a dark alley is to just wily coyote bing bong off of every single metal <laughs> object with his yeah. neck and head <laughs> before hitting the ground and entering a brief coma. And Peter's like, oh, whoopsie ding. <laughs> Hope, hope that works out for him and it does because he comes back with the happiest amnesia and as someone who has had seven concussions in his life uh, which my doctor informed me was too many uh, I will say he doesn't really bounce back from that kind of intense brain injury that fast yeah again fascinating choices but the follow up to that he's like okay we got the amnesia and then the amnesia goes away he turns evil he comes back what should Peter do for the second time of dealing with this friend, having seen the consequences of his actions, throw a grenade at his face? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> but the yeah. good news is, at the end of all that, Harry's like, I should probably forgive him. No, you shouldn't. He murdered you twice. I think you can do whatever now. It kind of it makes you think of that moment in, in No Way Home 
when when uh, uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man realizes that other Spider-Mans just just they just murk their bad guys. That's how yeah. they deal with it. Is that like he's like he's like, wait a second, you're all dead. And it's like, uh, and he's like, and then he sort of thinks back and goes like, well, I tried to, I actually tried to save every now granted. Yeah, like Vulture went to dead, jail but, and I, I think he's yeah. fine now in a different film universe where he inexplicably got his jet wings back. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie. So I uh, no oh, it's, it was, it has never been more been time for you. <laughs> it's not, I've. <laughs> Morbin time has never has has never. I will say, if you process. wanted, okay, back to back though. So this is like, how is this a perfect yeah. bad movie? You watch Morbius and you're like, oh, I'm not having fun in this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're somehow having more fun than I like. So you're watching Spider-Man three. They're not having fun, but it's fun to watch them not have fun. Yeah, Morbius, yeah. they're having a hoot, and it feels like every time they smile, it's giving me the middle finger. <laughs> Like, just stop no yeah. you can't think this is good i yeah oh boy so anyways I... we're gonna get back right to the video i'm gonna recap all yeah. of spider-man 3 so flint marco <laughs> <laughs> he escapes from jail after killing uncle ben by the way flint marco killed uncle ben we're gonna recap that uh we're going full yeah. original batman film where instead of the other killer, it turns out that the villain of this piece actually created the superhero. Anyways, so we're going to go back. Flint Marco's escape in jail. Uh, he puts on his favorite stripy t-shirt, and it's very important that we get a good full shot of that. Uh, talks to his dying daughter so that we know that he is a human with emotions. And then uh, stumbles into a midnight science experiment. <laughs> Where, yeah. upon stumbling into this, like, field, a scientist does call out, like, hey, there's been a weight change. And another scientist is like, eh, it's probably a bird. Which, like, two things. One, you gotta have a camera set up on this, right? Like, otherwise, yeah. how are you measuring the science you're doing from the bunker? <laughs> the very, the, also, like, just for safety reasons, because of the very large open pit of sand. But, yeah. Yeah. It was, like, it was actually three things now. Okay, so one, there should have been a camera. Two, yeah. how heavy do you think birds are? <laughs> that is the weight yeah. of a rather beefy man. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Hayden Church ain't nothing to nothing to shake a stick at, right? I don't like, think he a, got hollow bones. I think that is just meat all yeah. the way through. That's a milk-fed yeah. boy. And three, yeah. neither of us are small a... guys, right? And I think yeah. that Thomas Hayden Church would like make us look a little shrinky in comparison, right? Yeah, definitely. And and yeah. th three, and I think most importantly, also don't kill the bird. <laughs> like, like okay, is it that good yeah what so so what are you guys trying to do um we're gonna zap some the sand. sand uh to what end to see what happens to the sand don't you think that a bird being in that sand is gonna i don't know alter the chemistry a little bit because sand you know is made up of um sand and birds are made up of a lot of things that aren't sand. So what happens if we zap a bird with the zap ray that you know we're going to zap did? the sand with? I feel, okay, I feel silly now because I was just thinking. Mm -hmm. I was trying to realize what actually was happening. The zap was actually a very subtle nod to the classic Spider-Man villain, uh, Dr. Bird Sand. <laughs> Dr. Bird Sand. Oh <laughs> and my he God. was trying to make his famous sand birds. Yeah. I feel... I feel stupid now that you've said it, you know? <laughs> right? Uh, we all remember. Yeah. It's. I think he was introduced in the uh, classic animated, the original animated yeah. Spider-Man and Friends. 
Um, it's like it's like w- it's like when you bring up that Batman has a villain named Egghead, and you're like, yeah. So what's his deal? Well, he's got a head shaped somewhat like an egg. Like so, like he like looks like an egg. Well, no, he's just a bald man that wears a white suit. So he's the kingpin. No, no, this is before the kingpin. I uh, uh, is it before the kingpin? I don't know. But uh, he is just a, he is just a fancy bald man that calls himself Egghead, and uh, the yoke's on you, Batman. That's that's pretty much it. That's the whole. Do you think when Frank Robbins thing. first wrote down Man Bat? As a Batman villain, he just gave everybody a high five and walked out of the room. <laughs> it was one of those moments where, he, like, he he definitely like he did that and went went like just just on a whiteboard, just man bat, and yeah. just like turned around, looked at everybody, silence in the room, silence. Turned back around, underlined man bat, and then put the whiteboard marker down and left the room. Yeah, and he came, and, he came and, back briefly to ask for the contents of everyone's wallets. <laughs> just like not enough. Come on. Yeah, and it's like it's like it's a it's a concept so simple it literally writes itself. Except that it doesn't. There's it, it actually there's a lot of steps between writing the words man bat and then and then figuring out how we didn't make write that itself until goddamn 1970. Look at me changing history. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Man bat is, that, uh, is so, this the thing? Yeah. So Spider-Man 3, uh, I will say J.K. Simmons, best casting in the history of comic book films. Yep. Um, like just So only, good, no so other... good, why bother changing it? Why bother it's So good it? that any other film after that could not cast it again. Yeah. They're just like, no, no. Anyone, anyone we do will be a disservice to that actor no matter how good a job they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just going to wait until we can circle the metaverse back around to J.K. Simmons. That's Sometimes, all we're going to do. Yeah. Sometimes you just get it right on the first try and there's no point. There's no yeah. point. And yeah, because all you get, look, listen, listen, uh, Jim Gordon in all these Batman movies, there's so many Jim Gordons, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? And like, and including J.K. Simmons, <laughs> including J.K. Simmons and mileage is going to vary. Uh, but, uh, but, but, the, you know, that like, I think that everybody who's played the character has brought their own charm to it. And there's been, there's been special stuff in each of those performances, but, but, J. Jonah Jameson, uh, yeah, nobody else is gonna do it. Nobody else is gonna do it as well as uh, as J. There's K. not Simmons. a single I mean, actor who should ever do J. Jonah Jameson's voice again. No, I. Uh, yeah, could, yeah, perfect. No notes. Right, done. Um, so he's great in this film. He's he's chewing every scene. Uh, the scene of him just even the scene of him staring. At Peter Parker putting his feet up on his desk and unwrapping a candy with his mouth <laughs> is worth the price of the ticket. Like honestly, in retrospect, it'd be yeah. like, no, if it was just that on a loop for the whole two hours, it would have been fine. That was, I think, that was the moment when a lot of us who are J.K. Simmons fans looked at at that actor and went, "He is going to win an Academy Award one, right? not for this, <laughs> not, not for, for this, this. No, no, no. probably, God, no. probably for being an abusive." A drum teacher but i mean uh, it was weird that we called uh, it that far back but yeah it was it's oddly specific but but definitely the, it was the vibe right um but yeah definitely watching that you were like like this the 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 ability to emote simply with not even like the bottom half of his face just the top half of his he, face. honestly i think at that point it was it like the droop of a cigar that was really doing yeah. most of the work there. uh ted like, Rainey also just like the perfect back and forth between those two anything that happens in the offices of yeah. the daily bugle is peak cinema in this film 
Yeah, that's a fact, absolutely. and you could try. You know, I could hear your brain try to figure out if I was wrong. I wasn't wrong. <laughs> Even <laughs> Peter slamming Eddie Brock up against the wall, but like, come on, cut a guy a break, Parker. Like, no, it's great. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, can we talk? Can we talk about emo Peter for a minute? Because I, I was, feel like we you know, be... you got. I was saving treats so we could pepper it through. Because okay. again, this is going to be a two-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get this up to the same running length of the feature film Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Spider-Man 3. Yeah, Spider-Man 3. And and uh it's it's actually a surprise if you if you start this podcast, I uh when you start the film, it actually syncs up. Um, It's actually it's a joke from a podcast I love called Super Ego, which is like I've seen all three Spider-Man 2s. Um but (laughs) There's three Spider-Man um, twos and there's two Spider-Man threes, which I think is pretty special. That's yes. This is uh the the the, the, the it's it's magic numbers, right? There's, there's there's some numerology there. There's definitely there's um, I think on. what is that like like geometry with like mystical geometry that kind of thing going like, on? Like sacred geometry. Sacred yeah. geometry. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, emo Spider-Man, strong choice. Yeah. That would be yeah. that has to be the phrase one would use for that. Uh, direction is strong choice there it it coming out of the movie and trying to justify some of the choices there was a period of time where i was like well you have to think about it from the perspective of sam raimi and what he was going for which was the idea that the um the symbiote makes you aggressive and angry and it heightens all of those negative emotions. It makes you love nuts in your cookies. You gotta have them with nuts. <laughs> you send so, someone back to the kitchen to recook those cookies to get some nuts in those yeah. cookies. The uh, the I think the in his mind the 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 lame interpretation of that is that Spider Man becomes an instant leather jacket wearing badass, right? Um, oh, if but, if. Reddit was a thing stronger when this came out. He would have been a true monster. He would have had a TikTok channel that was unwatchable if this yeah. was a modern age change. But I think I think that for for the version of Peter Parker that Toby Maguire presented to us in the prior two films, this actually this choice actually makes the most sense. If if you took that guy, right? The guy that was like, I just want to buy Mary Jane a hamburger. I, uh, if you took that guy and and you made him aggressive and angry, this is what you would end up with. He doesn't. He's it. The symbiote doesn't make him cool, right? Like that's the thing is that like and I think that's what Sam Raimi was going for here. Where and I think I think in a way for him to. Um, basically like turn his nose up at the character of venom and and at the black costume and all of that because of the way that it was uh uh, forced down his throat (laughs) so to speak um so so he interpreted it in one of the most literal ways that he possibly could which is that yeah this symbiote is going to make peter parker the worst version of peter parker that's not gonna be cool it's not going to sell you you guys action figures. He is going to think that being a weird misogynist and uh, uh, walking down the street, snapping his fingers to music no one can hear. That's what Peter Parker best, would do to be a badass. Because part of that this scene, version of Peter is lame. He's a loser, right? 
the best part of that scene besides all the parts of that scene of him dancing yeah. down the street with the double finger guns that was uh, masterfully referenced in the into the spider-verse movie yeah um is that like it's so i think it's supposed to be that he's giving off some sort of like sexy pheromone or something mm-hmm. like that that's like you know like making but it does not have a universal appeal so some of the women walking by him are like hey yeah and a good couple of them are like what is with this nerd <laughs> like yeah yeah no thank what you. is yeah. what is that um he goes to a jazz club in full emo mode um i believe he whispers to the waitress and keep in mind all of this is off the dome uh besides me looking up like actor awards the movie itself is all off the dome uh, yeah. i think he whispers to the waitress find us some shade sweet legs that sounds familiar I, that sounds i right. believe it's listen, that listen, I, slips her somebody gets the table yeah. Full dance routine where he announces, now dig on this. And then apparently learns to play the piano via symbiote. Um, yeah. It's like, again, every choice where it's like, I would not have the bravery. I would not have the conviction of will to write that in a script, get yeah. to the set, block it out, film it, edit it, put it out on a film. Like, some part of me would be like, we, we have to stop. Yeah, we can't do this. There's the there's there's the there's the uh, saying that like it's a it's a miracle that any film oh yeah yeah. made right and And this one doubly (laughs) so doubly so because because you have to imagine that everybody on set that day was like this is are we okay so Sam it says in the script that Peter's gonna come in. He's gonna and he is gonna call the waitress sweet legs. Uh and then and then he is gonna yeah, he is gonna take over the piano yeah, and, and do a solo. Um he is gonna he is gonna dance. And then um I'm sorry, a couple pages later, so Bryce Dallas Howard still she still she still finds him uh attractive You're, after this yeah. uh, so and who's playing her dad like who's a natural fit for the age and look of bryce dallas howard because we know who her actual dad is is ron we could get ron howard to play her dad that'd be interesting oh you want to get academy award nominated james cromwell in you want to get zephram cochrane to come in <laughs> and have his first contact with alien life be venom yeah yeah, yeah. You like the circle I just drew around both those things? You like how your brain's calculating that right now? That's why this movie's magical. It really it's 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 such an interesting place in time, right? Because you're coming off of two of the biggest movies of all time. Spider-Man 3 is also going to be one of the biggest movies of all time. And so anybody that is approached to be in this film is like, of course. Of course, I'm going to be in Spider-Man yeah, Three. Yeah, why would I not? You want be me in to play movie? who? I don't care. I'll drop whatever. Of course, I'll be in Spider-Man. I'll quit 3. my longtime television successful series to be in this film with you. Hey, when my character's first introduced, can he be watching someone's daughter about to die and announce that he went on a date with them? He can. Awesome. <laughs> Let's do that. Hi. Yeah, man. <laughs> Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man Three. See, so what, here's the what, thing I what's, say, what's left to say about Spider-Man? Oh, I got more. But um, I know, here's I know. the thing. Here's the thing. Is I want to discuss art. And I want to discuss what the word art can mean. Okay. <laughs> this, is very, this is genuinely important. So to me, a work of art does not necessarily only have to impact you with positive emotions. What mm-hmm. it has to do 
is make you consider the world around you. That is what art does. Yeah. Like I find some of my favorite artists are stand-up comedians. They make me re-examine the world that I'm living in and how I interact with it. It can be amazing, powerful art through comedy in that way. And I think in terms of discussing the craft of film, of acting, of special effects, this film has furthered more discussions on the examination and the dissection and the enjoyment of what art is than any other film in the Spider-Man franchise. Um, maybe even the comic book franchise, but I'll at the very least definitely lock it down that this out of any other Spider-Man film mm -hmm. has been the most discussed Spider-Man film. And in that, through having a bad movie, through having a weird negative experience, it, it's a reflection. It makes you look upon like, okay, well, what do I value in art? What do I want to do with this? And that is not a gift that can be taken away. That is something that once you watch this film, you are changed with how you interact mm -hmm. with the art of film, of comics, yeah. of interpretation, of adaptation. And you're just like, hey, how can a thing I love so much suck this hard <laughs> how can i go yeah, into this am yeah, i still yeah, a yeah. fan of this property later i need to examine my core values i need to examine how movies are made what happened to let this get into my brain and if you can look at that and be like that has no value in the world whatsoever then you and i value the world in different ways and that's fine <laughs> but i think you're wrong and i'm right and you should shut up <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think the most interesting thing about Spider-Man 3 and its place in the pantheon of Spider-Man films specifically is I have the a way super clip that... of it going on a loop in the background right now, by the way, and it's just pure madness. <laughs> That's fantastic. The it's it's the way in which it is the most um bitterly spiteful, angry way to make a movie. Mm -hmm. And yet and yet it is actually not the worst Spider-Man movie, right? Because Spider the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is is um is is offensively bad in how unremarkable it is and by I, the time that you're done that. Here's film. one of the things to, to distinct between those two things. There's definitely a mm -hmm. comparison to make there for all the same reasons I just said, and that examination yeah. continues. Where in Spider-Man 2 you have, I think there's a reflective empathy to the filmmakers where it's like, you really thought you had something. You mm -hmm. really, like, this is you trying your best and it just wasn't good enough. And that's a bummer to watch. That's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun to watch it be like, oh, like you genuinely tried and had like there's so clear a planned future here for the stuff moving yeah. forward in this movie he got venom out on the screen he's like what do we do to end venom you see his skeleton <laughs> like he yeah. is done is what we do with venom he is not coming back like hey, yeah. i can't remember what film it was but there's a film where the ghost of um will ferrell had a skydiving accident and a line i quote from it is i hit the ground and i did not bounce <laughs> it's like <laughs> like venom is no longer a concern for us in this world because that's yeah. how much i hate that character and i hate that you made me do this <clears throat> and that when you examine it is fun but you watch amazing spider-man 2 and you're like oh, i want better things happening for these people who like like jamie fox clearly has some stuff he wants to do here Andrew yeah. Garfield is is so try like every part of that opening scene of Amazing Spider-Man Two is one of the best Spider-Man scenes. Oh, oh, like and that that like and again like like Amazing Spider-Man Two. One of the reasons why it's so tragic is because 
like pun intended, it falls from such an amazing height and that back just snaps, right? Like, like in <laughs> slow motion, mm. you know what I mean? Like you made like space for the Stacy on that one. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like we start that movie at such an incredible high of like, wow. Like, like, you know, we get, we get one of my favorite things ever, which is when Spider-Man puts clothes on over the Spider-Man costume. I, mm-hmm. uh, he's got his little, his little toque, or as, as you Americans would call it a beanie. Uh, if there are Americans listening, there are Americans listening. He's got his little vest on and whatnot. And you're just like, look at this adorable Spider-Man's got a cold. You guys, that's never happened before. Um, oh yeah, that was adorable. And that's a th- yeah, again it, going right back to the first thing I was talking about. Spider-Man is Spider-Man was a character that is supposed to humanize the superhero condition. Yeah, he's supposed exactly. to be the everyman. He's supposed to be us. And it's like I've had a cold and had to do stuff, like yeah. still go to work and can't call off on a shift. I I can see myself in this guy. He's doing a great job. And that's yeah. honestly like, so I mean, this is this is gonna be a real modern take for the back and forth. The word redemption in this moment in time right in both of our brains is being used for a nerd thing where i don't think either of us agree that it was a redemption except for a redemption of fans recognizing hard work yeah um and if you know i can just say the actual ahmed best came back for some star wars did a great job he's always been doing a great job but he had a real rough go of it because of some fans (laughs) um but I will say, I think Andrew Garfield got a redemption in the last Spider-Man one. I was just like, no, he is cool. He literally had yeah. to have the other spider people say to him, no, you're good, dude. Like, yeah. he was redeemed. He was, and like, also, baptized yeah, and, in the new franchise. Of the- yeah, yeah. And also to 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 catch uh, MJ and all, like, all, everything. Right? I mean, like, look, I... I, I also, Toby gets a gets a great moment where he's like, "Oh my, my, I've got this lower back thing," and it's just you know, it's a reference back to. Sorry, the I'm, I'm watching this loop, and it just reminded me of the part where Spider Man Three, where they in perfect animated Spider Man font wrote a message to him in web, <laughs> yes. and it's like, "Hey guys, no, <laughs> like that is like okay, we're gonna have the message written in web, and then we're gonna have a British." Uh, newscaster exactly talk out everything that's happening right now just in case the audience stopped paying attention. (laughs) Again. Which they they did. Which they did. But all of those choices were choices we could feel like, what do you want now? I don't care what we do. They wrote her name in the web. We're done. And it's like, you can feel that release of like, listen, they stopped caring. I can stop caring. I'm just going to enjoy this. It's a... It's a schadenfreude of a movie. It's... Spider-Man 3 is a two-hour breakup video, <laughs> right? And so all of those bad but like, at choices, the end of that breakup where you're like, oh, yeah, like, I wish them well for whatever they date next, but I am never going back to that person. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, it just, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's amazing because, because again, like, like to, 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 to bring it back to Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's like, like that movie just gets like offensively boring in the third act. And, and that is my biggest sin for so a film is it. being bored. Yeah. And then also, cause it wouldn't be a perfect 10. It wouldn't be a podcast with me if I didn't compare this to the rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. but the, another movie that like the rise of Skywalker does the same thing that Spider-Man three does, which is every time there is an opportunity to do something interesting, they, make the wrong choice and they play it safe you don't think riding uh, a horse on the side of a spaceship is interesting 
You know, I th- that it is one of the few things I think that made it through <laughs> on that movie that was like, well, this is something we've never done before in a Star War. But yeah. there's also some things where you're like, maybe there's a reason why we've never done some of this stuff before in a Star War. What, but, what uh, if you stand at the right spot and the knife matches up? It's such a bad movie. It's such it's a bad so movie. Bad. It's so <laughs> but bad. But not fun. And it's not fun, bad. But not fun because... Because J.J. was legitimately trying to make a good movie, right? Legitimately trying to make a good film. Whereas Sam Raimi here is not trying to make a good movie. And if there's one thing that Sam Sam Raimi's trying to get to the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. If there's, but if there's one thing that Sam Raimi knows how to do, it's how to make a bad movie, but mm. a bad movie that you're going to love. If you right? watch that, Dark Man, which, by the way, should be remade with Josh Rubin as writer-director, but um, if you watch Dark Man and you want to see... like Dark Man is the most comic book movie Sam Raimi's ever made. Yeah. And it is bad. It is not a oh good movie. It is so fun. It is an amazingly fun movie. Yeah. It is, from every technical aspect amazing decisions being made um but also in that one again the weird flip on that where that was a lower budget one where he thought he had an amazing idea and was going real hard on it um and and on that like his freedom just came through and it's and it's a great trip to be on but there's that that line between trying too hard and i think the line is honestly budget yeah um like you watch the room which i have many times sometime live on stage with Greg Sestero. Uh, but you watch the room and you're like, this is a guy who thought he was doing great, had no money. Everyone else just kind of went with it. There's some fun to yeah. be had here. But then you watch like a huge budget one, like you're saying of like a rise of the Skywalker and amazing Spider-Man two, where it's like, they thought they were doing good, but I just, it just got lost. And I'm sad. There's re- it, I think the difference is that there's really just not an excuse, right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like you, you like, in both of those instances of Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Rise of Skywalker, you have everything at your disposal, right? You have so much money. Anybody will die to be a part of this project. Uh, everybody is working their hardest to make sure that this is a good thing. And what it comes down to at the end of the day is whether or not you had a good script to start yeah. with, right? You know what, you know what I want to do with this there. film? I think here's the end of our film. We take Paul Giamatti. Yeah. We put him in an amazing-looking rhinoceros mech suit. We have him run right at Spider-Man. End credits done. You don't want to see that because you know how sometimes the 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 superhero movies they end and they're like about to say an iconic line and they cut you off and that little cutoff people really like like Avengers and then it stops or like you know what I think this name of the Fantastic Four should be it should be the Fantastic Four you know Fan Four Stick everyone's favorite film but um <laughs> like it had that movie had that thing where like it'll be really fun if we almost get you to the thing you want to like no you show me him fight rhino god damn it (laughs) like i am mad at you right now for did the movie end early put the rest of the movie on what are you doing (laughs) yeah um but that doesn't happen in spider-man 3 spider-man 3 we see venom skeleton and then peter parker uh has his other buddy die in his arms uh, who came back for, for Goblin, who, by the way, was using his, his sky stick to turn Sandman into glass, which was admittedly really cool. And, and then he talks to Sandman, and Sandman's like, I killed your uncle, but I did it as like an oopsie ding. And Peter Parker's like, oh, I get that. That's cool. And then Sandman goes away. <laughs> such a yeah. bad movie. <laughs> he just leaves. He just leaves. He's one of he the leaves. only Sam Raimi. I think he's the only Sam Raimi villain who gets to punch Spider Man and not die. Yeah. Um, besides Flash, uh, who does show up as a cameo in the 
deep background of Harry Osborne's funeral, by the way. Um, I want to bring up one other thing before we get to the end, because I know we're nearing the end here, because um, originally, I want to let you know, dear listener, who has made it so far, and by the way, it's looking just great today. I, I know that sometimes you don't always feel good, but the smile on your face lights up a room, and I love to see it. But anyways, for you, dear listener... Michael wanted to make this like a 20-minute podcast. <laughs> he, didn't think, he didn't think we'd make it to the hour. We're making it. But um, there is a version of this movie called Spider-Man 3, The Editor's Cut. That is an official version of this movie with different scenes in it. I don't know if you've seen or heard of this. I've no, I didn't know that this existed. So there is an editor's cut in the editor's cut. There's an extra Sandman scene where he turns into a sandcastle to go and secretly play with his daughter to just further humanize uh, that. Uh, They, they actually cut a scene, which is the scene of aunt May talking at length about how uncle Ben proposed to her. There's like, we're fine. We don't need that. That's (laughs) gone. Um, But they also changed the scene. So at the end of the movie, the, the big, like, villain flip for harry osborne is the butler comes in and he's like hey by the way um i examined your dad's wounds when he died and 100 percent it was his own glider that killed him which which actually proves nothing because in the third new spider-man he's about to kill green goblin with his own glider which totally would have been those marks but <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. like 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 that only says that spider-man stabbed my dad with his glider that that proves nothing <laughs> Like, but that's enough in the movie to make Harry Osborne be like, ah, all right, I'll go help save MJ and Peter. In the editor's cut, Harry's just looking at a photo of the three of them together, and he realizes that they're in danger and that they were friends and that he loves them. And he he comes to the decision on his own that, like, hey, like, no matter what has happened in the past, like, particularly MJ doesn't deserve what's about to happen. So if it means helping Peter to save the former love of my life, I'm going to go do that. Uh, and it's a way more humanizing moment for him. But that circles me around to a thing I want to say of the bloopers for this movie. Have the actor who explains that the glider hit his dad and killed him that way. Doing that line a few times over. The actor is very, very old. He is a very old man who is just having trouble with this weird, dense comic book text. And they're really playing up like, look how wacky. He can't get through it. And it is the saddest blooper reel <laughs> I've ever seen of just an elderly man doing his best, but his best isn't good enough. <laughs> like It's like, guys, no, don't show me this. And that in itself is this film where it's like, watch, watch this. No yeah. one likes this. Watch it happen. We think it's funny. We think it's funny this is happening. <laughs> It's the like, it's like it's it's the superhero movie version of of uh, the scene in Clockwork Orange where they've just they've they've uh, pried his eyes open and they're just they're just playing all of this stuff to try and rewrite his brain and yeah, uh, yeah it was very much it, it is so funny because you couldn't you I don't think that you could write an end to this era of superhero movies better than the uh just the wet fart that is a yeah, one if two this, punch of, and you just know like spider-man if this was... 3 and fantastic four rise of the silver surfer right i mean like because yeah, then same year yeah like because then the next year is 
the Dark Knight and Iron Man. And it's like, okay, well now we're into a whole new world, yeah. right? Like this is like, like, like forget everything you knew. This is what it is now. But where's Ted um, Raimi sort into back. all of it? Yeah. Where does Ted Raimi sort into it? Hey, here's a question. Did, yeah. Was Ted Raimi, did he have a, did he have a cameo in, in Dr. Strange? Not that I can I recall. See, I recall, he might've been I, a, he might've been a voice or a costume character or something. That'd be yeah. Fair. Cause, cause we know that Bruce Campbell is the hot dog vendor, right? But uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, pizza, pizza Papa always gets paid. <laughs> as we know. Um, I will say, if this movie was released now, we would have had like a limited series run on Disney Plus of Mister Ditkovich and Ursula just happening to have a bunch of superheroes living in their apartment building, <laughs> and I'm sad that we never got that. Also, well, you know. I will say yeah. my whole youth, my whole youth. When was this movie? 2007. That was youth still for me. Um, those early 20s. Um, I will say that I had the biggest crush on Ursula and I was always mad that I'm like, she's right there, Peter. She wants nothing more yeah. than to love you. Just please, Peter, please acknowledge Ursula. Yeah. Why? Why, Peter? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's one, it, it, she, it, she suffers from one of those like, oh, but for a movie, you're not the most beautiful person. But she's like, so beautiful. Yeah, but for but but to the rest of us, it's like, yeah, I don't know. She she seems cute. She got that cake for you, bud. Like, yeah, yeah. like, what like, like, what do you like? What are you? And, then, and for? then she because like because MJ knows wants she to knows do that you, he and MJ like, are having troubles, and yeah. MJ calls, and she obviously has feelings for them. But MJ calls, and he's like, "This will bring Peter joy." I am so happy for how supportive of a human yeah. being is Ursula. <laughs> she's making him cookies. And she's like, this guy seems a little off right now. He seems like he's going through a tough time, but she's like, I'm going to make him cookies. And he gets really demanding. He's like, I would like them with nuts. And he's like, Hey, you know what for you? It's nuts in the kitchen. My guy, we're going to get this done. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is justice for Ursula, right? Like that's, I think that's where I we're think at. we need so, justice for Ursula. She deserves a spinoff. Uh, also, the actor who played uh, the butler was John Paxton, uh, who was Bill Paxton's dad. I just looked that up. There you go. Um, it's like, what else was he in? Uh, he also made it to Drag Me to Hell, uh, and Oz the Great and Powerful, and Oz the Great and Powerful was a posthumous one. His last three films were all Sam Raimi. Wow. That's how that that's how that fellow shucked loose that mortal coil. Yeah, that's how that cookie crumbled. Yeah. I interesting. I wonder what I wonder what um what packed with a demon <laughs> was written in order for that to happen. Because I'm I am almost positive. I look, I'm probably gonna get I'm probably gonna get crap for this. But I am almost positive that that Sam Raimi himself has a deal with some kind of devil that he gets to keep making these movies because like I I don't know, man. I think the guys made like the guys made one movie and then he just keeps putting different overlays on top of it. Uh, I'll have you know that it's like... a very important deal that that classic car of his shows up in every film. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a bit of an oddity to me that, that, that uh, when they were like, uh, we're not going to get Scott Derrickson to do the next, uh, uh, Doctor Strange movie because of a difference of opinion. So, um, who should we get? I know. Let's get Sam Raimi. He made those Spider-Man movies, and you know, really, 
crashed and burned that one into the ground. Let's let's give him Doctor Strange. Nobody cares about that. Character. And I will say, as someone uh, who right now with an Evil Dead blanket on his couch and Evil Dead yeah, yeah. on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray on my shelf right now, my favorite Sam Raimi script out of all the Sam Raimis, Hudsucker Proxy. There you go. Yeah, I... and like so that that yeah. is, but that's you know why? Because he had the Coen Brothers with him, and he wrote a different yep. movie that still has Bruce Campbell in it. But <laughs> they made something that's like, hey, like because because when it comes to Sam Raimi making a scene fun, um, there was a thing back I've heard where it's on one of the Scream movies uh, when Wes Craven was still doing those. Uh, part of the script just says Wes makes it scary, and I can yeah. imagine writing a script and just be like, Sam Raimi makes this scene fun. Like, just like, like you give that man a bunch of people doing some fast talk back and forth, you're going to have a good yeah. time with it. Yeah. And that's, like, Hudsucker Proxy is all basic. I just realized I like Hudsucker Proxy because it's just all the Daily Bugle scenes, but as a movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So if you like those, if you like just the Daily Bugle scenes from Spider-Man 3, I have the best news for you. <laughs> It's and also it's here's the other thing the about the 1994 film, The Hudsucker Proxy. It's also it's also it's also not confusingly anachronistic in the way that the Spider-Man movies are, where you're like, yeah, wait, wait a second, when wait and a where second, do wait these take place for that film? Yeah, because because it's not that the movie itself is confused about what time period it's in; it's that individual characters don't know, right? Yeah. So like like you know i i pizza guy from spider-man 2 i a very modern character right and then you walk into the daily bugle and everybody in the daily bugle is still in the 1940s for some reason right like like it just like like we we look over at betty brant and her hair definitely 100 percent not a modern haircut right and Elizabeth Banks doing her best to not yeah you look over at betty brant you're like one day lady you're gonna direct a movie about a cocaine bear yeah Oh, oh goodness i <laughs> actually you will be a weirdly grossly sexual reader repulsa in a power rangers film um I, oh man we want our next perfect 10 i'm gonna talk about the goddamn live action power rangers. i don't know why i called it live action they're all live action, but i'm gonna they're all live action. I, I think yeah. the power rangers film was a lot better than people gave it credit for Oh, the most recent one is is one of my favorite movies of like the last it's very, 10 years. I remember during but, that film, leaning over to my partner at the time and going, is this really good? And she was like, yeah, absolutely baffled. Like, yeah, no, it's a very good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get to the third act of that movie and they're like, CG attacks CG. And you're like, yeah, they, okay. It's got a fault with it. I, but like, I will say that movie was way better than it had any right to. And I think people just oh, didn't want to go see a Power Rangers movie. Like that, that was, it was, it was doomed from frame one, but like in terms of, and that is not a perfect 10. So bad. It's good movie. That is like an, a seven to an eight, pretty good lazy Sunday afternoon yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? We got to coin a term right now. Like it, yes. Power Rangers from whatever year that was uh, 20. What is that? That's like 2016 or something. 2017, maybe. I'm having I, to look up stuff. Yeah. Power Rangers, I think 2016. I that is a perfect eight. It's a perfect eight. It's it's not a perfect ten. It's hard right? 2017, by the way. Uh it's hard to spot in those uh Yeah. I I yeah, it's a it's a perfect eight. It's so close to being a perfect ten, but it is just those two marks off. I Oh that writer it, has the weirdest credit sequence. <laughs> It's uh, can yeah. I, I? I know. I know. We're so off base for everything. I know, but I need to tell you all the movies the guy who wrote the Power Rangers film did. 
Please do. Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Need for Speed. Okay. Real Steel. <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here. Continue. Yeah, those are some interesting things. And then I think he he played Tow Truck Driver in Big Fat Liar and Attendant in Norbit. Well, you know, you got to pay the That bill. is a storied uh, career for uh, Mr. John Gattens. Yeah. Um, that, that, I don't yeah. think we've been that, on focus for more than two minutes in this podcast. No. no. Why would we be? This Why Can you just we? label this one ADHD fever dream? And it's just like, hey, man, <laughs> if you want to just disassociate for a solid yeah. hour, good news, my guy. <laughs> I'm going to give, I'm going to give everybody a pro tip. If you're looking for a focused and insightful conversation uh, on a podcast, don't refresh your feed on April fool's day. That's yeah. just like, that's just, and also that is a just if you see Tyler advice. James Nickel as guest on any of, of the yeah. podcasts on the thunder quack podcast network, just know you're in for a good time, but a long time. Uh, you're gonna be here. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, we I'm going to circle around. I'm going to do final thoughts. I'm going to do final thoughts. Okay. Final do thoughts. We're going to get there. Spider-Man 3. Um, Spider-Man 3, infinitely rewatchable. The best part yes. about Spider-Man 3, in my opinion, is if someone says, I've not seen that movie, watching it with fresh eyes with them for the first time <laughs> is a chocolate cake of an afternoon. It is just yeah, watching yeah, someone's yeah. pure befuddlement and bafflement of like, why would you do this to me? And like, it, it does, it depends on the person. It's not going to be for everybody. But if, if it's someone who gets it, someone who's, who's having the good time, who's along for the ride. Yeah you're going to have a hoot of an afternoon. And again, afterwards, even if they hated it, you'd be like, do you want to talk about how much we hated that and how many <laughs> wrong choices? You'd be like, yeah, let's go for coffee. Let's go for a walk. Let's forever have jokes about this movie because we hated it so much that it circled back around to being a thing we quote at least once a week. I can look at one of my friends and say, how's the pie? And she knows to respond so good. Like, there is no question what the next sentence is on that. Yeah. And we're Twin Peaks fans, so it could be damn fine, but she knows. <laughs> it's, it's so good. So in this film, this film is a perfect end to me because art doesn't need to be perfect to be enjoyed. And that, yeah. to me, is what this is. The biggest sin a movie can commit, as I think we brought it up earlier, is being boring. It's being boring. Yeah. It's being forgettable. I felt sadness in uh, Pacific Rim 2. When I was watching giant robots punch each other and monsters and I felt nothing and I just wanted it to be done. And that yeah. bummed me out because Pacific Rim 1 is not a perfect film, but there's fun to it. And this kind of same thing, thing, the same thing with Amazing Spider-Man 2, some of this other stuff where it's like, I want to be transported out of my body. And sure, on first watch, Spider-Man 3 didn't do that job <laughs> because we didn't have the expectations, we didn't have the language for it. But as a yeah. revisit it transforms from like a negative three to a perfect 10. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It is one of those things of like, it's amazing what perspective and time can do for a piece of art like this. Um, you know, and how many artists were not appreciated in their time. And uh, I, yeah, it, it, and it, it takes, it takes a little, you, you look at a, a painting of a bunch of Campbell's soup cans. And the point of that is not, look how good I painted these soup cans. Look at the technique I used for these. The point is, I'm going to drive a discussion about art. Now, did Sam Raimi do that on purpose? No. Sam Raimi tried to make it to the next day because the next day is when the paychecks arrived. But <laughs> still, in his wake, he left a discussion about 
comics and art and the modern mythology of superheroes and a thing that we can make an hour-long podcast episode out of yeah. that countless others have also tread on the same hallowed ground as us. And, you know, like, if you don't see value in that, then how the hell did you make it this far into the episode? <laughs> you know, there are some. Oh, was this your perfect 10 of just raging through an hour of two idiots yeah. talking about the worst movie you've ever seen? There are, there are some folks <clears throat> within our community, uh, within the Thunderquack community that they just, they will, for some reason, they, they you know, I've been doing this for almost 15 years, uh, 15 years this August. Right. And, and there are there are individuals who have yet to learn the lesson uh, that is I uh, don't don't hit play don't hit play uh, you have better things to do with your time but I am so glad that they haven't learned that lesson because it means that oh, you no. and I still get to do this I mean like listen I don't care if there's anybody listening I still want to record episodes of I, I will say like that this, this has a Spider-Man 3 is a 6.3 on IMDb out of 10 but a four and a half stars on amazon.com bless there your you heart go. you absolute monsters uh, but but as far as uh, I, an April Fools perfect 10 I Spider-Man 3 is at the top of the list. Can I, so can it, I, it can was, I yeah. leave you with a uh, 5 out of 5 stars top review for, for Spider-Man 3? I wish you would. Please uh, do. 5 stars uh, from Troy, who reviewed this in March 16th, 2023. <laughs> so, pretty recently. Um, title, Fresh. just a movie. Review, played as it should. <laughs> Which I think <laughs> is actually a review of the physical property of the DVD. <laughs> five that stars. Five stars. Five stars. Yeah, I bought a DVD. The expectation is that it would go into a player and play, and absolutely 100%. Five out of five, baby. Couldn't ask for more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Review not respective of content. Um, <laughs> excellent. I'm just going to thank you. Help. <laughs> yeah good call tyler thank you yeah. so much for joining me for this episode my uh, pleasure an honor and a privilege as always i want to let everyone I, know we, that we recorded this only because we're staying up to watch the mandalorian tonight yeah it's really yeah this, this is really just a way to pass some time um where can people if if they want more of whatever the hell this was yeah. uh, where can they find you on the internet uh, you can find me amongst my 180,000 followers on TikTok at Mr Nickel M I S T E R N I C K E L which by the way is how you spell nickel not L E a lot of people want to do L E I don't know why uh, or on Instagram at dorkzombie uh, where you can see me draw either real cute stuff or uh, my burlesque friends, which make you have to tilt your phone away from other people when you watch my Instagram feed on public transit. So. Perfect. I, I absolutely highly recommend it on both of those fronts. Also, also, I, I, I just highly recommend being friends with Tyler and, and yeah, telling, do it. telling him. Yeah, telling him that that you know we're gonna keep it to a short episode so that he sends you a, a video response threatening that it it listen it will be an hour hey um, uh, here's an important question what did i show in that video and the answer is four different action figures of j jonah jameson and i'm missing a fifth one and i'm mad about it 
There's a fifth one that was from the films where the action setting it has with that he hit his fist on the desk and the stuff on his desk shook. And I used to own it and I don't know where it is and I'm very sad. I I I don't I have no response to that. Uh I just I just feel for you. Uh and, That's fair. Oh, yeah. oh not now that I've mentioned him, he's here. And he wants photos. Photos of Spider Man. <laughs> Uh, I do me a favor uh, when we release this don't even edit it no no audio level correction all the coughs all the ums and ahs and deep breaths just raw footage listen tell me you don't listen back to the episodes that we record without telling me you don't listen back to the episodes we record I am the laziest podcaster on the internet I fell asleep to an episode of myself on a podcast one time and it was a really weird experience and I do not recommend it (laughs) I have the justification I like to say that the podcast is conversational and I like the the conversational aspect of it so I like to leave the ums and the ahs yeah um but the reality is that, like, look, listen, I, I just don't have the time uh, or the uh, the the, the yeah, interest. Sure. All right. To, well, um, so we got that out of the way. Do you want to start recording? <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to start this episode soon. Yeah, we start, uh, now, that we, now that we've organized our thoughts, do you want to start in on this? Uh... <laughs> I'm going to cut us off because if I don't, we will yeah, keep going. No, dude, that's fair. I'll talk. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Tyler, for joining me. You're welcome. Uh, we'll be back soon with a proper episode of Perfect Ten. This was very but, proper. How dare you? But listen, honestly, is it going to be that different from this? No, no, no. 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 The point is that we had fun. That's what we're here to do. Uh, and we did do that. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thunderquack, all that stuff. And I, I, I hope everybody had a wonderful April Fool's Day today. I I I, I miss, mean, like, I right miss now think it's not April Fool's. Yeah, is oh my god, tragic. I mm. uh, I made everyone sad yeah. at the end. I'm yeah. amazing Spider-Man too. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Yay. Thunderquack Perfect Ten is hosted by me, Michael Cohen. Follow us on Twitter at ThunderQuackPod, on Instagram at ThunderQuackPodcast, on Facebook at ThunderQuack, and join us on Discord at ThunderQuack.com Discord. Support the podcast by heading to Patreon.com ThunderQuack to get early access, bonus episodes, and the ThunderQuack Perfect 10 pop quiz. ThunderQuack Perfect 10 is part of the ThunderQuack Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Thank you.